Well, remember, Jason, last week we talked with our reporter, Ben Steverman. He had a great story about a Harvard economist, his new tool, how it's giving a view of the pandemic's damage and all of the inequality is out that is out there. And in that conversation, um, one of the observations was how children are probably not going to have better lives than their parents, right? It's something we have taken for granted, and yet that's not happening uh, anymore. So let's kind of Was that talk- a rhetorical question? Because no. yes, I do remember that. <laughs> <laughs> See yes, what I, I did there? That was a Chris I, Wallace thing. Th- thank you so much. Very nicely <laughs> You're done. welcome. So let's bring in this next guest, because I'm assuming this kind of all fits in together. Um, Roger Martin is Professor Emeritus at the Rotman School of Management at the University of Toronto. He's got a new book, When More Is Not Better. That alone I just love. Overcoming America's Obsession with Economic Efficiency. He joins us on the phone in Fort Lauderdale. Dale, Florida. Uh, safe to say, Professor Martin, we have been looking forward to this conversation. Welcome, welcome. How are you? I'm terrific, and thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Well, tell us a little bit about your book and what this is about. There's a problem, there's a solution, there's a lot of thoughts in this. Sure. Well, the problem is uh, related to what you just talked about, which is that for the first 200 years of American history, uh, the median family, the average family in, in America, in almost all years, moved forward smartly economically. Uh, and that changed around 1976, the bicentenary, so that uh, middle incomes have stagnated terribly for uh, 40 years, a greater stagnation than America has, has ever seen. So that family that thinks that its children aren't going to be better than they are is getting closer and more right than wrong if they are a average family in America. So that's the problem. And, and I think what that leads people to start questioning is, is this system working for us or is it just working for a very small tail end of the, the distribution of high income uh, folks? So that's what the, the book is about, saying why that's happened, what's changed uh, in, the, in the last uh, this last period, this last 40-ish uh, years and what we can do about it. And so in roughly two minutes, and then we're going to take a break and, and come back, uh, why did it happen? What, because it wasn't always this way, right? Correct. That, that, and that's, you're honing in on the important, important thing. It's not as though this has always been, been the way. No, something changed. And what changed was we got so obsessive about efficiency uh, about getting the last drop of efficiency out of whatever system in the economy we were thinking about, whether it's labor costs or, or procurement costs or, or uh, staffing uh, levels. Um, and, and that has gone over the top, and we haven't balanced efficiency with resilience. Uh, and we saw what happens when you do that uh, when COVID comes along. But wait, 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 wait. I don't understand. So I would think it's like smart to be efficient, right? Like we all want to be efficient. And so why is that such a bad thing? It is a good thing. Like it's, it's uh, when more is not better, <laughs> the, re- the reference, right? Um, <clears throat> more ice cream is better <laughs> until a certain point, And then it's too much. Mm-hmm. And so what we've done is pushed it to the edge. So efficiency is good. No question. But when you obsessively push it with no bounds uh, on it and don't think about the need for a system to be resilient, um, you get a problem. Like if you say it's uh, super efficient to have the absolutely least people on the on the store floor, if you're thinking about you talked about retailing or, or on the store mm-hmm. floor, uh, let's get it down so that we have exactly the, the minimum number of labor hours we can get away with. 
Well, if a customer needs something a little bit extra, can't find something, needs you to walk them to it, they won't get that. And it may be efficient at that moment in time, but it ceases to be efficient when they don't come back the next time because they say, I hated that uh, experience. Roger, I hope you took it uh, in stride if you heard it, that I compared your book to a (laughs) book that I read to my two-and-a-half-year-old called (laughs) Yummy Yucky. No, Um, it's perfect, right? I was was thinking that was an awesome title. (laughs) That was was good. Hey, Jason, can I I just come back to something you said in in your little piece on the debate? Yeah, because it's it, it's illustrative. I think you've read the book very carefully because it's illustrative of one of the things we need to do. So what you said is is you know twenty twenty hindsight, but Chris, it would have been better if Chris Wallace had called a timeout uh, and essentially you know modified the the rules. We need to do more of that. What we have is this machine like view of the economy that says, oh, we can figure out in advance how to make it work. We'll set up the set of rules and then we'll just let those rules uh, run because, gee, they're perfect, right? That's never the case. (laughs) Everybody adapts to whatever rules you've set in place uh, and what you need to do is keep tweaking them. That's why, Jason, what you said was absolutely right. Uh, We should have the view that it's A-OK for the Chris Wallace in this picture to say, oops, we thought this was going to work, right? didn't. Let's tweak and tweak and tweak. Instead, we have Congress fight for months and months and months, if not years, to come up with the perfect legislation. Um, and then it's fixed. And, and the gamers come in and, and, and game it to death. That's sort of a machine view. Right. It's not. It's a, it's, a, it's a living organism, the complex adaptive system that requires that. So I just couldn't help but think that you just provided a great example of how we've got to change the management of the economy to more of a continuous tweaking than the grand well, strokes. Well, you are making me look a lot smarter than I am, and I really appreciate <laughs> no, no, it, Roger. No, no, You're no, welcome I, back I, anytime. I, 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 Roger, he's really smart. He is really smart. It's awesome. Well, but it's also what you're explaining or what you're describing is very much the tech model, right? You throw something out, whether it's a software, right? And we continue to tweak as we go. If you waited till it was perfect, we'd never put something out there. And I, but I, but I do, I feel like with the media, can I just go back to the debate for a second? Is that I'm sure he felt pressure from his network. Like, do I end the broadcast right now? Do I do that? Do I call an audible? Because. I mean, the ratings, I don't think, were that great anyway. I can't remember what the numbers were, but I don't think they were that much great. Much lower. Yeah, much lower. 25% lower I, than but I, first Clinton-Trump but, debate. But there's a little bit of a conflict. Yeah. Like, do I just end it and call yeah. this broadcast off, and there's ad revenue and dollar? Like, you know what I mean? And Rather than do no, the no, right I thing. Do. No, and, but, but you see, it, it depends on the, on the context. You see, so your software example is a great example. Why does software, essentially the software industry essentially gets away with saying um, this is kind of garbage uh, mm-hmm. but you can figure out what the what the uh, the uh, bugs are tell us and then and then we'll fix it how do they do that well it's by not promising perfection they say you know if you're if you're one of these people who likes to have it first and doesn't care if there are a few bugs and can fix it yourself and then you can be one of our beta customers if they were promising perfection right they would get roasted for, yeah. for for doing that, and that's what we do. We promise perfection. Politicians promise, oh, we're gonna we're gonna put this, through this plan, and it's all gonna be it's all gonna be uh, perfect, right? If if uh, if we just go back to the you know the huge crash of the exchanges uh, when they were first came out under Obamacare, you know if that was a software company, they'd say, hey man, 
you know, we're going to try it. We're going to we're going to try this, uh, and it'll the system will probably get overloaded and crash. But don't worry about it. We'll we'll fix it. Instead, it was we've been working and working and working on this, and it's all perfect now, and we've launched it. Then, if it's imperfect, you've got a problem. So we set up Chris Wallace in some sense to run the perfect uh, uh, show, the perfect debate, uh, and we sort of were promised that we've got all the rules and it's going to work this way and everything is going to be wonderful. Don't just don't just say we're going to do a good job and then we're going to tweak it and tweak it and tweak it and it'll get better and better and better. What's the cost of this? The, the cost of the way we do it now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The cost of the way we do it now is, is, is a couple fold. One is we've gotten a system that is that is working only in the extreme, right? Uh, and the cost is the middle of America, the middle, the middle class, median incomes, average incomes, are not thinking it's working for them anymore. And I, I'm fearful, are going to give up hope uh, about democratic capitalism. And I like it. I, I think democratic capitalism is a, is a, is a good combination. Uh, I don't want state capitalism like, like uh, China. I, 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 you know, I am fearful of kind of like heavy duty uh, uh, socialism. I like democratic uh, uh, capitalism and I'm, and the cost is, is people not, uh, not believing in it. So Roger, let me talk to you about something and ask you about something that's very close to Carol and me and, and this franchise of Bloomberg Business Week, which is business schools. And I feel like for a long time, business schools were part of the complex, as it were, the intellectual complex and the industrial com complex, as it were, private equity being another element of this that really pushed this idea of efficiency, that that was how you became successful. That's what you were compensated on. Is that changing or is that something that we still need to change? No, and uh, yeah, no, and we need to we need to change it. So uh, your analysis, I think, is completely fair. And I was dean of a dean of a major business school for fifteen years, working on trying to change this. It's it's hard, but you are correct. And it's not just the pursuit of efficiency. So as I describe in in the uh, in the book, it's the way we pursue efficiency with proxies for it. Like we create these short-term proxies for it. It's sort of like, well, we'll be more efficient if if our if our uh, uh, labor costs go down, right? And if that means you know chopping store for, uh, store for employees back to the bare minimum that causes people to not want to come back, um, that is inefficient in the long run. But the proxy we use is, did we reduce labor costs from last year to this year? And the business schools are part and parcel of this analytical approach that says we need these proxies and you should pursue efficiency uh, and you should have one goal so that you could make managerial decisions uh, kind of easy, easier and, and, uh, and more clearly. So that, that is all, all part and parcel of the, of the problem needs, uh, needs to change. It needs to change right. the viewing, viewing it in, in this more, in a more sophisticated uh, kind of uh, way where you yeah. balance that need for efficiency with resilience. We need to get a good bottle of Cotarone and sit down with you and talk more about this because I think <laughs> there's a lot to, you know, just... A lot to just, unpack. Yeah, a lot to unpack and just well, really relevant to our world, um, no doubt about it. Um, Roger Martin, thank you so much, Professor Emeritus at the Rotman School of Management at University of Toronto. 
Check out his book, When More Is Not Better, Overcoming America's Obsession with Economic Efficiency. I think about all those conversations of Alan Grant's been in productivity and like da-da-da-da-da-da-da. 